Greetings, Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. This week, as every week, I am joined by our lovely co-host Kyle, but in a special treat, a special, I believe this is going to be 2019 treat, we are joined by dear friend of the pod, Cody. Cody's been talking about something. I have no idea what the hell it is. We're going to debate it vigorously for somewhere between an hour and six hours or so. By the end of this episode, we will have a definitive list on this topic. All right, Cody, what are we talking about this week? All right, guys, so we're recording this between Christmas and New Year's, and I find this time to be a great time to really load up on movie watching. There's not much to do outside. It's cold. And what I've been doing, actually, the last couple of holiday seasons is watching movies and series. So this top 10 will be top 10 movie trilogies. Oh, baby. This is one of those topics that Kyle and I have sort of circled a little bit. We've talked about this in the past, and I don't think I've ever seriously considered a top 10 because it's a scary one. I love this. This is a good one to have a friend help us out with. I'm a little nervous because you guys are both movie experts, so I might be... I'm sure you guys will correct some of this, but I did my best, and... I was really excited to make this list because there's a lot of good trilogies out there. There are tons of them. So here's my big question. Let's say that there are five movies in a series, and there's a three-movie stretch that's great, but does it have to be one to three? Like, does a fourth movie invalidate a trilogy? That kind of thing. That's a great question, and I think my the easiest answer I have is that it needs to be a clear three. So okay. in this mm. case, I didn't consider long series like Harry Potter because there's no three that naturally are distinct from each other. Mm -hmm. But there are other cases where there might be a series where there's a distinct three and then maybe some loose hangers on the edge. I can think of a couple where you have a full arc that closes with a third movie and then there might be sequels after that are kind of tangential. So I think that's a, that's a good way to approach it. Yeah. Okay. I like this. I re- I'm very excited about this. So I think the biggest question will be, like, how we rank them. Because, like, the, is it like the sum of like if you if like you ranked each movie in a trilogy like one to ten, and like let's say you had one that was a ten and two that were a five, like is that better than a movie that has like three sevens? You know what I mean? Like, I see or- the math you're saying. So I personally. I rated these trilogies on their completeness and how important each episode or each part of the trilogy fits into the full story. So like, there are some of these where one or two of them stick out compared to the others, and those kind of got discounted for that. Interesting. So in a series where you have one installment of a trilogy that's clearly significantly better than the other two, you get lower because it's not as complete of a set. Correct. Interesting. Okay. Awesome. This is going to be a fun one. I'm excited. I really like this. So, should I get started? Yeah, what's number 10? Well, number 10 is definitely a hometown pick. I'm definitely playing into the audience here. But number 10, I just went for the guilty Home Alone. Mm. And I figured it's number 10 so I can justify doing one that doesn't fit the criteria I just said. Because, <laughs> because the third movie in Home Alone does not fit at all with the first two. No. I don't think it's even the same kid. It's a different, it's a different universe. It's, well, not maybe in our different universe, but it's a different family at least. But yeah. the first two are so damn good. And 
I just watched them last Christmas. So I've got a little bit of a recency bias, but I love both of those movies and it was good enough to make it in my top 10. What's interesting about those movies is that like, even though the third one is not at all related to the first two, it's called Home Alone 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's strange. You think it might be something like Home Alone, the re or something like <laughs> that would sort of make it distinct. Something with a colon. Yeah. Yeah, and it's especially weird because it's not like Home Alone 1 was Kevin McAllister, and then Home Alone 2 was another yes. kid, and then Home Alone 3 was a third. It's two with Kevin, and then one with another kid. <laughs> I don't think there's even the same family in the third no. one. No. No, it's just completely different. Yeah, it's very, it's not the same robbers, there's no Joe Pesci. Yeah, it's not called, like, The Next Alone. Like, there's no, no there's <laughs> nothing that makes it clear. No, but yet it's called Home Alone 3, so I think it's fair to call it... A trilogy, right? I'm yeah. definitely oh, totally. using that loophole. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to say one big thing about Home Alone, kind of without respect to quality. I think it's interesting to have a legitimate comedy trilogy because there's a couple legit comedy trilogies, but I respect the hell out of the hustle. Like that's a – I think there's a degree to which it's just milking it because there's no real argument you can make that this is a complete – arc that needs to be completed in three but i i kind of like the balls in trying to make three comedy movies that is some foreshadowing to the not top three (laughs) well there there are definitely some situations i can think of where it's like all right well that didn't really need to be a trilogy i actually know what probably cody's least favorite trilogy of all time is because we discussed this at length at work and i'm excited just to provide people with some context cody and i are friends because we worked together we started at the same job like within a week of each other out of school and so we've spent a lot of time goofing off at work talking about random and honestly cody's part of the inspiration for this podcast because we used to rank stuff all the time at work like we would rank our favorite starburst or skittles flavors so <laughs> i'm excited about this because we've i think we've had a few of these conversations already but and i like that it brings us back to the roots of the pod which is these random conversations that kind of we wanted to crystallize because that's the fun of how these friendships get made precisely I like I like Home Alone at, at ten. That's, that's yeah, a good yeah. spot. It couldn't be any higher. <laughs> no. All right, so now I'll go into number nine, and number nine is another movie where there's two really good ones, and the third one kind of <laughs> falls off. I chose yeah. Terminator. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm impressed by the quality I foresee in this list to have Terminator at number nine because those first two, yes, the third one is is poopy, but those first two are so good. T1 and T2 are, like, two of the greatest science fiction movies, like, ever yeah. made. And, like, especially for that era, like, to stand out in that era of science fiction is pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and the effects. You and I just watched this, what, like, three years ago? I rewatched, or I think, in both of our cases, but the effects really stand up in T2. Especially in T2, with, like, the alloy stuff and the... Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, just one of the best time travel movies, I think playing with that yep. dynamic is very difficult to do well, and I think they really yes. nail it. Yeah. It hangs together. And those... The T1 and T2 naturally need each other, I think, yeah. as part of this trilogy. T3... Yes. Some debate. But you could reasonably have ended that series, and I would have felt fine if you had done it after two, right? Like, you don't necessarily need three, yeah. like, really need it, I guess. 
I think it's interesting that this exact arc is probably the arc that a lot of these trilogies follow, which is first movie, all these really cool ideas, really well done. Second movie, a perfection of the form. Like you, you elevate the form. And then the third one, sort of unnecessary expansion of story. Like that's, that is a very common. I think you cycle. just laid out perfectly as I'm looking through the rest of my list contenders. I mean, that's yeah. like, obviously we'll talk about this trilogy later on, but it's like a very famous trilogy that follows that exact kind of. <laughs> The trilogy, like, yeah. the most famous, if not the best, definitely the most famous trilogy very handsomely falls into that we'll, category. We'll t- let's, let's circle back yeah. on this because, yeah, okay, cool. But yeah, good pick at, at nine. It's like yeah. two stellar all-time movies followed up by a third movie that feels a little superfluous. But especially, but it's worth noting that even though there are follow-up Terminator movies, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely the first three are yes. its own thing. I've only Agreed. watched the first one. Did they make a second new Terminator? Or? There was yes. Terminator Salvation, which we, which listeners have heard us talk about on our Christian Bale podcast. And there's Terminator Genesis, which has yeah. Arnold in it again. Oh, yes. And has, uh, Khaleesi. What's her face? Um, Amelia Clark. Yeah. It has two Arnolds, right? It has real Arnold present day and it has a computer generated Arnold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I- I have an important question. Genesis. Am I remembering correctly? It's spelled with a Y somewhere. G E N I S Y S. Terminator oh, Genesis. Jesus. Like system. Why? You know? Ugh. Yikes. <laughs> so Terminator's number nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll go into number eight. Yeah. Yeah. Number eight is just one of those trilogies where all three movies are great. There's, there's not really too much story continuity other than that they exist in the same universe and have some similar characters. But I just, I'm a sucker for these movies. Number eight's Jurassic Park. Mm. I think this is a strong pick. Yeah. Jurassic Park is just one of the coolest movies. I've, I just watched it last Christmas, all three in a row, and it really holds up. Like, the special effects are really good. Yep. Everything looks pretty realistic. And it struck fear into me. As an adult or as a child? As a grown man, (laughs) I was afraid watching Jurassic Park 1. The scene where they're in the van and it's raining and the, like the T-Rex scene. Yeah. The super famous (laughs) T-Rex scene. The water drop vibration. I don't get tired of watching that particular scene. But yeah, like I think, I think Jurassic Park is one of those series where it actually decreases in quality each time. Like I think Jurassic Park is the best one and then the second and then what's the, the Lost World. The Lost World is, is three, one. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But the thing... I, so, I have two big feelings on this. One is about the quality, and it's that without the big expectations that presumably people had at the time, I think we can look back and more happily enjoy two and three, because I think people had such high expectations that they were disappointed. But now, looking back, two and three are actually pretty good. Like, those are enjoyable movies. Don't get me wrong. I, I think yeah. those are really good movies. I just think that yeah. Jurassic Park... As opposed to this arc that we're talking about where it goes good, yes. amazing, maybe not so great. Yeah. Like, this is one that trends, um, like, the best is at the peak and they taper. But that being said, you're starting at such a lofty height of Jurassic yeah. Park that the second and third are still great. Totally. And then my other thought I want to share on Jurassic Park for you, Cody, is if you haven't done so, there's a podcast Kyle and I love called The Rewatchables where they talk about movies that they think are have a great rewatchability factor, stuff that they would just 
jump in for an hour on cable and they talk about Jurassic Park and the making of, and they do a really cool piece about um, the special effects and how Steven Spielberg was so afraid he couldn't bring his vision to life because the special effects wouldn't be good enough. It was really, really enjoyable. It's a worth a listen. I'll definitely have to check that out because I love, yeah. I'm a su- total sucker for Jurassic Park. They have a yeah. Jurassic Park ride at Universal. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, but as a grown man on that ride, I shrieked like a child. Like it, <laughs> I, I think, actually did too. I, at the waterfall oh, part. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Oh, God. <laughs> so, they set you up for failure. Yeah. And the thing is, like, they have such a gold mine with, like, the dinosaur IP that, like, I didn't, like, even though Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom aren't quite as like instill as much wonder in me as the originals do i still enjoy those movies like dinosaurs are just cool well you kind of raise an interesting point that i hadn't thought of which is there really oddly are are not that many competing dinosaur movies like it's it's i guess they're so good and so renowned that what's the point like why make a dinosaur movie steer for open waters go find another thing to do the only place you see it is like in the video game world. Like you see a yeah. lot of like like Tarak and like things like that. But there's like no other really good live yeah. action dinosaur. You might see what a about dinosaur. The good dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> the mediocre dinosaur. The mediocre dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, you see like dinosaurs show up like in other movies. Like there's a dinosaur King in King Kong or in yeah. Ready Player One. But there aren't there are very few like and there are animated dinosaur movies like Dinosaur. Remember that one. Or lamp before time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's creepy. I like that movie. Anyways, yeah. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park is another one of those trilogies that they're like just kind of trying to milk with this second trilogy, and it's just not working completely. I just saw the the second one mm-hmm. that came out, I think, last summer, and just did not meet expectations. The first one, uh, Jurassic, the first Jurassic World, I was like, oh, they might be onto something, and then yeah. the second one just kind of fell short. Agreed. It definitely sold some Mercedes Benzes, though, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and I will definitely be seeing the third one next summer. Like hundred percent. Like I'm still gonna see I'm it. I'm gonna pay money to watch. Oh, the film. totally. Yeah. It's just one of those great movie theater movies. Just, it's a, yes. It's a great popcorn and like shared experience movie. I think, or series in general. Totally. When are they gonna do the what the hell happened to the pterodactyls movie? I just, that's <laughs> what I need to know. Where are they? The spin-off Jurassic World pterodactyls. <laughs> Oh, pterodactyl. Like, that'll be fun if they do, like, a pun on pterodactyls. That's, like, the sub spinoff. Let's get in Let's get in touch with Universal. Yeah. So does that bring us to the uh, not top three? It's time for the not top three now. <laughs> so, Which means uh, it's do you time... think we should do anything? I think it's time for the music. Do you want to cue the music, Cody? All you have to do is say, like, cue music. Cue the music. Imagine a, a animation of like a jukebox, like he's just slid a quarter in and it like slides around. <laughs> the, the, you know how in movies they show like the record being selected and then put down, yeah. and you hear the and, cr- scratch of the vinyl, and it and says it not top three, and it's spinning. Yeah. Have you, yeah. So, Cody, you said you're in a little bit of a backlog with our podcast. Have you listened since we've added the not top three music? I have not. Oh. It's not top three music, so I was a little confused you're, when you told me to cue it. It's playing out. right now as we speak. <laughs> All right. You're in for a treat. There, You'll hear uh, some not top three music, intro music, yep. in the last couple of podcasts. All right. So I actually did 
a not top four because I think these four <laughs> really stood out in my mind. And I think this just describes me as a person is that I'm, I'll always lean towards hating things over appreciating them <laughs> that I need to have extra not top three. And Kyle's laughing because he knows this too well. Yes. So number four is kind of what, uh, Mike was alluding to in a comedy that just didn't need two movies, let alone three. And it's the hangover. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too disappointing because the first one, it's complete. It's like, the perfect yeah. comedy. They do everything right, and then they just do it again twice. Yep. <laughs> this exact same plot. Play that same song. Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't believe, like, I understand, like, making a, a sequel to a comedy, but then really going for the third, I didn't even watch the third in theaters. I was just like, no. Me neither. I don't think I ever even saw the third. So that one, I think, stands alone in really bad comedy trilogies what, that I can think of. What's interesting though is that the first one is so good. Amazing. So like so like even having one good movie can't necessarily save a trilogy if the second and third are that bad. I also think Cody what you're getting at, the reason that you're so offended and rightly is that it's insulting to the first movie. Like that's exactly. sometimes that's the problem is it degrades and it messes with the sanctity of the first one. Cause the first one was just a unicorn and it mm-hmm. pisses all of us off that they would ruin that. That's a good pick. Yeah. So number three on this not top three, it's a little bit of a catch all for just <laughs> targeting children to go to the movie theaters multiple times. Mm. But this one I particularly dislike. Is cars. Mm. Interesting. Great pick. That's a that's an I actually think that falls into a similar mold as hangover. I'm I might just be a full on cars hater, but I dislike all three movies. Really? I've sat through all three, I've disliked all three. I really like the first one. I think yeah. it's I think it fits not near the top, but like comfortably in the like Pixar Pantheon. The second was the second, it felt like it like skipped to the third part of a trilogy where it like expands the universe too fast, and it and it like diluted it. And I think another in, like thing you have to consider when talking about a Pixar trilogy specifically is that we're holding them to such incredibly high standards. That's and I, I think that is part of my disappointment with Cars Two because I think if you take Cars Two in a vacuum and compare it to let's pick another like kids movie. Whatever. Compared to Hotel Transylvania 2. Okay, yeah. Cars yeah, 2 is probably exactly. it's so much better, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. But this is a problem. We'll probably talk about this on another podcast at some point. But like Pixar's tendency to like do sequels when I don't think they're necessary has been troubling in the past. And this trilogy is a, a perfect exemplification of that. But those Cars yeah. movies do make a ridiculous amount of money in the merchandise. <laughs> they kill. Yes. Can't blame Kids them. love car toys. And I haven't seen the third, so I can't speak to it, but I'm comfortable with this being where it is. I think you bring up a good point, though, Kyle, is that all of these in the not top four, they weren't, like, horrible movies. I've watched them all and paid money to see most of them. It's falling <laughs> short of the expectation of what it could have been mm. or, like, who made it or what the storyline was mm. or what the universe they took on and just doing a bad job at Using those things. So number two on this list, I guess in the, that similar uh, thought, is the Star Wars episodes one through three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just, they have a perfect universe. They have, they know that they're going to have millions of people line up to watch these movies. And instead of giving you cool 
awesome Star Wars movies. They give you a lot of politics and space politics. Padme. <laughs> yeah. And Shakespeare. Oh. I don't, we've talked about this before. I don't understand. Natalie Portman is like Rick Porcello. It's no hitter, <laughs> seven runs. Perfect game, nine runs. She's just so unpredictable. She's yeah. so bad in these movies. Yeah, Attack of the Clones, Black Swan. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, seriously. It's so weird. And she just, she's so inconsistent. But, uh, have you guys ever seen the Simpsons spoof of, uh, the new trilogy or the old new trilogy now? No. It's very entertaining. They just show, like, people talking about bills that are being passed through the Imperial <laughs> Congress. <laughs> oh, please stop. So painful. What's weird about this trilogy is, it's, I don't know if there are any, very many others like it. They were like, we have a killer idea for yes. a third movie. Yeah. How do we fill up two movies prior to that? We have no idea. But like, that's I, a great point. I love, not even, not ironically, yeah. not nostalgically, yes. I love Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's a great yeah, movie. That movie is great. And it like scoots a little quickly through the whole like <laughs> Anakin thing, but mm-hmm, in general, yeah. I think it's really well paced, has incredible action sequences, yeah. pays off really well. So it's it's the same as what we've been talking about, where you have one good movie and two shitty ones, but the good one is the third one. <laughs> Kyle, you make a really interesting point. I never thought about this, that they may actually have just said we should do the Vader story, and they're like, well, we can't without doing this. And like George Lucas is just such a structure humper and such like a he loves <laughs> history and That's a great he, he probably just thought it needed to be a trilogy and he couldn't violate the sanctity of the trilogy format. And so just was like, all right, what two other movies can I shit out that will lead inevitably <laughs> to this third thing? I really believe that's how it happened. You're so right. I think that is what happened. Because the third movie seems so well thought out, and yeah. it really makes a ton of sense. And the first is, like, the second movie, <laughs> I, I love Phantom Menace still because... Ironically, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Just because I have a special relationship with it. Like, I saw it with my dad. It was the first Star Wars movie mm-hmm. I saw. Yeah. By the time I saw Attack of the Clones, I was wise. And, and I hate that movie. <laughs> so, but this is a, this is a good pick because you're right. Like, yeah. it, it, it falls victim to exceedingly stupidly high expectations. But also in a vacuum, I think two of these movies just aren't very good. No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but Star Wars did just do a great job at spacing out these trilogies because thinking about it now, like you saying this is your first Star Wars movie, it was also mine. And it kind of, if I don't watch these movies, and like them as a little kid, I probably don't get as into the original, which we'll talk about later. Right. But and then yeah. th- now they're doing the same thing with this third trilogy. I got two young brother-in-laws yeah. that are now getting into the Star Wars just because of this. And yeah, just I think kind of makes it a family experience almost. I, I like that they're generational. Mm-hmm. Like you're our parents, their generation. They had theirs. We had ours for better or for worse. Kids <laughs> their age are having theirs. That's why I'm worried about the dilution of that universe, because I think it's cool that you have to wait 10 years between trilogies, but we'll see how it goes. Just like one more thing about this original trilogy. The villains are cool, but so poorly thought out. Like, Darth Maul, they're just like, let's just make this cool, terrifying looking thing. Let's give him the coolest lightsaber. Let's give him, like, martial arts skills that no other Jedi has. Like, every other Jedi is standing flat-footed, swinging their lightsaber, but Darth Maul's doing backflips with a double lightsaber. Like, just one yeah. of the coolest villains, and then they're just like, alright, but we gotta 
go on to the next villain. And then Dooku just feels like a mistake. I think they just wanted to get Chris Lee in, which is fine, but that was too bad. And then who's who's one of the big guys in the third one? He's Grievous. like a robot. Yeah, Grievous. Like yeah, General cool, Grievous. Like a super cool, cool villain, idea. but like coughing. He coughed a lot. Don't forget, he's a robot. He's <laughs> a cyborg, technically, right? Yeah. Yes. He has a beating heart. And, yeah. Yeah. But like cool looking villains, they definitely get you excited. Really, like, no character. Really, villain. really, really cool action figures. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they sell figures. a lot of toys. Yeah. I'm sure people like playing those characters in video games. Can confirm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yep. All right. Before I make this podcast entirely just not top things, <laughs> I'll wrap it up quickly. And I think Kyle knows what's coming here for number one. And it's also just something that didn't need to be a trilogy, fell really short of expectations. It's The Hobbit. Yeah. Ugh. I was, I forgot about The Hobbit. Thanks. <laughs> I'm Ugh, sorry. You're so, you're so <laughs> right. It is by far the most unneeded trilogy that exists. It's really too bad. And it would be one Uh, thing if they took one book and they stretched it into three and they made them as brilliant as the Lord of the Rings movies are. But they're like, let's do three and let's make them all pretty bad. Well, well, let's be fair. Smaug was good. That's a good movie. But... It actually yes. follows the right trajectory, right? Like, the first yeah. one is, like, world building, like, re- reintroducing us to this Middle Earth. Second one is, like you said, like, an, like epitomizing, like, what you'd expect from this kind of series. And the third one is hot trash. That third one is one of the worst movies I've ever watched all the way through. Uh, yeah. We've, we've, t- we talked about this, these movies a lot in the, um, the battle scenes podcast. Like, the fact that they went CGI over practical effects. There's a lot wrong with with these movies. That's the biggest thing, though. That's the biggest sin, is a visual. I actually have two that I can think of that I would put on this list as honorable mentions that I don't think we'll talk about on your actual list. <laughs> yeah, I'd hope so. The Taken trilogy? Oh, yep. I pick. totally whiffed that. Yeah, that's definitely... Taken is a great film. It's a great movie. I believe that. Standalone. <laughs> the second movie is not so much... The third one is utter hot garbage it's really Kyle really can you bad. tell can you tell me and the audience does the same person get taken three times please say no no so in the okay. second one it's kind of a clever role reversal right Liam Neeson gets taken and Kim has to just <laughs> figure it out and save him oh my god in the third one no one even gets taken his ex-wife gets killed at the very beginning oh, and it's like and it's like a revenge movie and it's like no one has been taken like no one has been kidnapped it's not a rescue mission he's just like I'm gonna kill some people <laughs> So that's oh, like that's a, and that's like what ma- like cements it in this not top three for me. Is like by the third movie, like we've bailed on the concept <laughs> entirely. Like no one's even getting taken. <laughs> oh, that's painful. And then it is th- the third one's not about toys. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one I'll throw on here, similar to Star Wars one through three. The third movie is incredible. The first two are bad. Is the Thor trilogy within the Marvel universe? Oh, yeah. Good pick. Another good Those- pick. Those were tough for me to consider trilogies because, you know, the Avengers universe is kind of all blended into, like, one series. But I totally agree with you. That new Thor movie blew me away. It was incredible. And Thor 1 was pretty underwhelming, especially on the heels of Iron Man and Captain America. And Thor 2, I think, is still the worst movie out of, like, the 20 that they've done. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah. Can I throw one series in here? Under the very unnecessary heading is uh, the Fockers trilogy. 
Oh my oh god. god. <laughs> They've moved a Me. third? Yeah, little fuckers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Meet the Parents is a comedy classic. Like, it's a, it's a classic. That is a legitimate comedy classic. It is, yeah. Fantastic movie. There are iconic scenes left and right, spray painting the tail, the volleyball scene, everything. Second one is bad. Like, pr- pretty bad. The third one is just, just a disaster. So, that's one that I want on this list. I like it. I love it. Yeah. Let's move on to number seven. If yeah, you, let's if get we're back ready. to good trilogies yeah. here. Oh, yeah. I think we've uh, exhausted the bad ones. <laughs> for now. Yeah. <laughs> so for number seven, kind of similar to number eight in one that's trying to reinvent itself or just milk money is Indiana Jones. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So this is what I, when you at first said like, a trilogy that has like a clear beginning and end and then tack on movies. Like literally yes. at, at the end of the third, at the end of Last Crusade, like he and Sean Connery are literally riding into the sunset. Like it's a full ride. <laughs> like literally they ride into the sunset. That is the end of the film and probably should have been the end of the series. So like we can completely, not completely dismiss. What's the fourth one? Uh, the Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. Which, Crystal oh Skull. man. But I think it's extremely fair to say that this is a trilogy unto itself. And a great one at that. Uh, Yes. Harrison Ford at his finest. Arguably. He's on, this is, this part of his career is like such a ridiculous heater that like has maybe never been matched. Like he was Indiana Jones and Han Solo at the same time. And then he was Rick, or he was Deckard and, uh, uh, Blade Runner. And then he did The Fugitive not too long after that. Air Force One. He was Jack Ryan. Like he's like, Hall of Fame stretch, but anyways, yeah, like to a lot of people, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones, and I think yeah, these movies like pretty like pretty well like stack up to each other, with the exception I think a lot of people don't really like Temple of Doom, myself included. I'm not a huge fan of it, but Last Crusade and uh, Raiders are two legendary movies. Yeah, these movies are interesting in that they don't really have. Other than uh, Indiana Jones and sometimes his dad, they don't really have character continuity. I think he has a different woman in all three movies. Like, you don't really care about the side chick. It's kind of Bond-like in that yeah. you only are caring about Harrison Ford and what he's doing. There's not really any segues between the movies. They kind of stand alone in terms of That's uh, true. development. But they're still amazing, and I'm not going to complain one bit. No, agreed. I think it's more of like the the trilogy wraps like th- his progression is like a guy who's continue like it's like a video game series we love Uncharted. Like a guy who like continues to risk his life that. and like needs the adventure. And the third movie is about accepting like that that's not all there is to life, and like that's how it wraps up. Which so like it's not necessarily like uh, a, like a character arc for anyone else but Indiana, but it's an effective one for him. Yeah. I don't really have anything else. Oh, uh, just going back to that, they try to bring back one of the female characters for the new one. Yeah. And then they have a kid and it ends up being the dork from, <laughs> what's his name? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf <laughs> ends up being the new Indiana Jones. And I don't actually hate that movie because I think in my head I can separate it from the first three, but it's definitely not as good as the first three for sure. But yeah, I like this pick. Like I said, Raiders and Last Crusade are all times all timers. So. Yeah, and just movies made in this era just they kind of dominate this trilogy effect. You don't really see as many modern trilogies. You'll see as we get on. Yeah, it's just like a more defining thing with movies made in this time. Yeah, it's a really good right. point. 
I think that's when it began. It's when it began to be popular to like serialize that stuff, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thought. All right, so I'll move on to number six, another uh, Spielberg classic, Back to the Future. Yeah, I just watched these, so this is the the series out of all of these on my list that I've most recently watched, and just watched them during some downtime during the, this winter season, and they're so good. And my favorite thing is that when some of these movies, they just made a really good first movie, and then they're like, okay, let's make let's make this into a series. Like, they were testing the waters with the first one. They went full in because the beginning of this, or the first uh, part of this trilogy clearly sets up a sequel. Like, they were all in on the trilogy <laughs> from day one. At least the sequel, because that's literally how the movie ends. It's like, hey, we're going to back, we're actually, now we're actually going back to the future <laughs> in the sequel. <laughs> But the, like, a lot of people will tell you Back to the Future 2 is, if not just as good as Back to the Future, even better, some people say. And then the third one, I think, and people in general agree is not as good as the first two. And I haven't seen that one in its entirety, so I can't talk to it, but. Probably for the better. It, it definitely, uh, tails off a little bit. Don't they go back to the, like, the, like, frontier times? Yeah, like 1800s. I was gonna say, yeah, this is like, like the late... Old West, right? Yeah. Which is, Kind of fun, but I think it's just more interesting to see how they interpret the future to be in the 80s. Right. And seeing yeah. that the Cubs win the World Series. That, that is probably, cause what, it's in, isn't the year, was it like 2016 or 15 or something? It was like, pretty darn close. If it wasn't the exact year, it was close. It was one yeah. year early, I think. Yeah. So I think it, he went to 2015 and it happened in 16. Yeah, the Cubs actually won in 16. It's so. just funny yeah. to think, like, exactly what you just said, like, what they thought 2015 was going to look like, because they've got the... And it's kind of... Like, this is a cultural thing, because, like, Nike made, like, the Back to the Future shoes, mm-hmm. and, like, when people talk about hoverboards, they're, like, they talk about them, like, like the hoverboards from Back to the Future. Like, we're, like, trying to attain that ideal future now, kind of, and, like, yeah. some of the tech stuff that's going on, which there is was, funny. There was one part that really made me laugh, was that in the future, they have what they, like, jokingly call, like, a vintage diner-style, like, 80s-style restaurant. They're like, oh, yeah, in the future, they're mimicking this 80s-style restaurant. And that's something we still do today, is, like, there's tons of diners that try to do that same thing. So they really kind of captured that well. Yeah. That's awesome. A robot doesn't take your order, though, today. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> That's Well, true. you do have, like, an Applebee's you can order from the table. Yeah, or, like, Panera now. You can just type it into the tablet. So I guess they weren't too far off. Yeah. All right, so that's number six. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to say about Back to the Future? I think that's a good... I think that's a solid spot for it. Agreed. I'm going to go to number five. And this one, I would honestly put it higher if they didn't break my heart. Uh, it's Toy Story. Mm. And by Whoa. break my heart, I mean, I don't, I guess I'm just anti-Toy Story 4 at this point. I'm the old man, get off my lawn. I don't, I'm, I'm nervous what they're going to do with it. I guess I haven't seen a lot of material on it, but I just thought it was just such a complete story. Certainly didn't need a fourth, or if you were going to expand like a Toy Story movie, don't call it four, call it something different, so that I can think of these three movies as one complete Toy Story, but that's just me being selfish. I think is neat about this series is that, like, I legitimately don't think anyone could make a serious argument that one movie is better or worse than any of the others. Like, you can make a legitimate case that one, two, or three is the best or worst in the series, which is 
wild to think about. Like very easily. Now that I'm think I'm doing the arguments in my head, every every pro, every con stands up. Right. And like I can't think of another trilogy that's like that. Like there's there's one yeah. that's clearly better or one that's clearly worse, generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this this series I can't I couldn't pick one. I know what my personal favorite is, but I You would accept someone's argument that it's also the worst. Exactly. Yeah. And I think this series gets bonus points because, and I think that's more so for people our age because the sequencing with which they came out matched our actual childhood development. So like. We are Andy. Right. So when Toy Story 3 came out, we were going to college, which is why that movie hit you like a sack Mm. of bricks right in the stomach. So like that, for that reason, this trilogy like has a higher place in my heart and I would put it higher than five. I'm. Not as skeptical as you are about Toy Story 4, because I think <laughs> if anyone has earned my trust to make a fourth movie, it's the Toy Story team. Specifically, I don't want to say Pixar, because we just talked about Cars, mm-hmm. and I don't like what they've done with some of their other sequels, but the Toy Story team specifically has crafted such a perfect trilogy that I believe that they are hopefully going to tastefully address a fourth film. So do you think the creation of Toy Story 4 eliminates Toy Story from being a trilogy in the future. That's what I'm confused about. It depends. I think we might have an Indiana Jones situation where like the first three are their own complete arc and the fourth is something separate. The reason why I say that is I actually wrote down the year most of these movies were made Mm. just to see like how natural was this trilogy. And I was really surprised to see the gap between Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3. So Toy Story 1 was made in 95, 2 was made in 99, and then 3 was made in 2010. So there was an 11-year yeah. gap in that. So this is actually a shorter gap. The, the gap between 2 and 3 is yeah. longer than the gap between 3 and 4. But it felt so natural the way they did it. Because no yeah. one was really calling for a Toy Story movie at that time. But they did it, and they did it right. Yeah. And it kind of kept the story going. I'm not sure where they go now. Like, are kids just going to be running around with tablets and toys are <laughs> being recycled? Like, what kind of that's, Maybe. That's actually not a terrible idea. I think... I think the way I would look at this is it will depend on how they treat Andy. Because if they move away from Andy as they promised, then I would call it the the Andy trilogy and then the mm-hmm. whatever else, the extended universe. Mm-hmm. So that will be that would sort of be my barometer if we revisit this list after four comes out. Is if they try to shoehorn Andy into this somehow, then it's a foreign movie you know, series that is disqualified. Otherwise, I think we can safely say that Toy Story, the Andy trilogy is on this list. And I agree with Kyle, barring how we feel about, you know, one through four, my view probably higher. Now that's totally fair. I, the only reason it's lower on this list is because of my anxiety towards the fourth one. <laughs> I love Toy Story. It, it could have very well been one, especially because what Kyle yeah. said about how all three of these are complete. All three of them are great, and not one stands out, which I'm looking at the totally. four above. None of those pass that test. Right. So we can discuss further when we get to our ranking portion. All right. So do I go to number four, or do we do honorables? Do four, and then we'll do honorables. All right. So number four, also one of those trilogies that just has two amazing <laughs> parts, and just one horrible part. like jokingly bad it's the godfather mm. yeah 
Godfather Part 1 and Part 2 are just two of the best made movies from start to finish. They both go so well together. They both just really make you feel so many emotions. And then the third one just makes you angry. <laughs> How do you feel about okay, this, Mike? Because so, you're the, you're so the resident expert. I'm a, I am a lover of The Godfather, a deep lover of The Godfather. Now, here's my question for you, Cody. And I sympathize utterly with what you're saying. When was the last time you watched Godfather Part 3? And how many times have you seen it? I've only seen it once. And okay. I watched it for the first time last Christmas. Okay. That's actually recent enough, right, for you to have a realistic picture of it. Because I think a lot of people had the experience of seeing 3 and being so angry that they've never revisited it and they were just so mad. I've seen it twice. The second time, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. So I'm not stumping for Godfather Part 3. I'm just, I just want to share my feeling that the third is not as bad as you remember if you watch it a second time. But yes, I agree. It is the classic case of one and two being, I mean, one and two are like you were saying about Toy Story. There are very, there are two very credible arguments that one is the best, two is the best. Mm -hmm. They are two extraordinarily different movies if you watch them. Oh yeah. Dual timelines especially is is what changes it so much in the second movie. Mm -hmm. They're just they're so utterly different. The Michael character has developed so much that they feel so distinct and so unified in a way and so they're just perfect. They're perfect movies and it's such a sacrilege to have made that third movie in a way that screws them up. Even if upon further inspection, it's not as bad as you remembered. It's just, it, this would, this would obviously be the number one on any list if the third was even serviceable mm -hmm. compared to the first two, because the first two, once again, on this, like, it's not only could you argue that one and two are the best of their trilogy. There are very plausible arguments that either one or two is the highest achievement in Western film. Like, you can really argue that either is the best movie ever made. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so sad that they had to make yes. the third one so with first cousins and all. But you do bring up what's a great your favorite, point. Cody? I prefer one to two, but you're really just asking like it's so you're hard. Asking me to it's choose like which one I love more kid. between my mom and my dad at that point. Like, <laughs> it's not really a fair question. To go live with one. Yeah, sorry. So going back to the years made. On this one. Yeah. One and two are clearly a pair that were well thought yep. out. 72 and 74. Mm -hmm. Part yep. three, I don't know if there was like production <laughs> issues or like some sort of financial arguments, but they waited until 90, 1990. Yeah. So the 16-year yeah. gap. Yeah. <sighs> Interesting. I didn't realize it was that far apart. It's a shocking amount of time. And these are movies that hang together one and two. For a lot of reasons. The craft, the craft is number one. It's just the, the craftsmanship is, is wildly off the charts in every sense. But one of the biggest things is that between one and two, you see Al Pacino evolve from this fresh faced, bright eyed marine hero into this soulless villain. And it's just incredible because he's close enough in age between one and two that you still see the Marine when you're watching the second one, but he's aged enough and his hair is slicked back a little more. He's a little more aligned. Like you see the physical transformation and it works because it's exactly the right balance of change and stasis. But the third one, 
even if let's just say they magically got the perfect script, everything was perfect. You would have been pulled out of the illusion because Al Pacino had transformed from that person to hoo Like he hadn't made scent of a woman yet, but his voice had changed. He looked at, he just, he didn't look the same. It's like even the perfect version of that movie is thrown off by the fact that Al Pacino is 16 years older and has had mm-hmm. a apparently eventful 16 intervening years. I, yeah, I won't add anything to it. I think you you nailed it. Just a total side note, and you can feel free to cut this. But <laughs> So I don't know if I downloaded the wrong version, but is it intentional that the scenes in Italy do not have subtitles? No, <laughs> you probably so you okay, got you got a weird version. You, so, so generally, not that I know anything about this, but if you were to download a movie off the internet, typically you have to download subtitle files separately and play them simultaneously. Well, really? Well, no, I'm thinking because in in other movies when a foreign language is spoken, it's like built into the movie. It's, it's not a, a subtitle. It's like built into the movie's it, film. Yeah, it so. depends. It depends. Sometimes you like I I watched the first. <laughs> like 40 minutes of uh Rise of the Planet of the Apes without subtitles which is interesting because like I still felt like I was getting it and is a testament that to That is how- incredible. Yeah. No, so th- actually then- that makes me a little disappointed because I thought it was intentionally not subtitled when uh-huh. I was watching it and it was like this like weird Sicilian Italian twist that like you don't know exactly what's going on but like you can figure uh-huh. it out just by like the character. Oh, this is so great! It made it no, a more ex- like, enjoyable movie experience to me. I like. I felt like I was becoming an Italian. Wow, this is so life. weird too because it's not as Kyle was saying. It's not like a digital ad that's built into the disc. It's like actually on the screen because I remember it's yellow. It's either ye- it's like a funky shade that is specific to this movie. It is definitely on the reel. Hmm. Well, I guess I just wow. downloaded the wrong version and it changed the movie experience for me. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what's going on? But like, you could kind of figure it out. Yeah, these guys are Italian for sure. <laughs> that bomb definitely blew up. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, sure did. All right. Well, feel free to cut that because that makes me look pretty stupid. No, we like that kind of. <laughs> okay. I think well, it's, yeah. Feel free to cut the part of me telling you to cut it. All right. <laughs> That's Dan. So now we'll go to the uh, honorable mentions. Yeah. And there's a lot of mediocre trilogies out there yeah. as I went into my thought bank. Mm-hmm. So uh one of them that I wrote down is The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> the poor Mighty Ducks have been getting beat up lately on this pod. I love that trilogy. Me I don't too. care. It deserved an honorable mention. I yeah. won't say anything Hell else yeah. about it. Uh I wrote down The Matrix. Yeah. Not that yep. it's a good trilogy, but the first one is just so iconic. Yeah. And yeah. then they made two more. <laughs> and uh then i wrote down the the pirates of the caribbean trilogy i appreciate mm. that one i actually maybe it's because i watched those movies as a teenager i thought they were so cool like no other movie really captured pirates like that i and go ahead i agree with you i think the first i know people like to shit on the second one that's my favorite i love the second one the third one is the classic over expansion of a universe and it made it a little yeah. too too much fantasy for my taste, but definitely worth an honorable mention. Those movies are great, and the fourth, the fourth one is among the worst movies I've ever seen. I actually have not watched it, but I've heard it's tr- just true. It is actual. Is that on Stranger Shores or whatever it's str- called? It was on Stranger Tides. They um, 
on the so there are a bunch of scenes that take place on a pirate ship that like I believe I truly believe they were actually on a sound set and they just draped black behind it to make it look like it was nighttime because the boat like and they didn't even like go to the trouble of like shaking the camera swaying a little like they're just standing on like a a, a boat with like a black backdrop behind them it's like Incredible. it's truly terrible I hate that film but the first <laughs> the first three I think are enough of a a, a set that. That counts, yeah. That one yeah. also is probably one that they made the first one as a standalone and then just kind of made a trilogy and out of it. Because like, the first one oh, was yeah, pretty complete. Yeah. It's Agreed. very different, too. That was my recollection, is I was a I rode for the first movie because it was just so different than the others. Yeah. It's like, you like the whole concept of like a, this group of pirates that are cursed and then are freed from that curse fits very neatly into a... A box of one movie, but it also yeah. doesn't feel like the second and third dilute that either because there's just Agreed. different elements of magic and stuff involved. But, anyways, uh, the last of my honorable mention list is <laughs> more for the the ladies out there is High School Musical, <laughs> which is one of the most bizarre trilogies because the first two were Disney like Disney Channel movies, Decons. not on theater. Yeah. And then the third one, they're like, oh, people love this. Let's put it in theaters. Yeah. And they're not great films, but uh, well, I'll fight they you gave on me that. great memories. I think, the, <laughs> I think the first one is truly a, a, a very good, if not great movie, because it, like, like it's it's fun to watch. Have you watched it? Oh, it's recently? a blast. Like, it's, pretty, it's pretty entertaining. The songs um, hold up, too. And it's fun to see a lot of young actors, like, Starting like Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron and like some of those people are in it. It's actually, it's actually yeah, yeah, it's actually pretty good. And then I haven't seen the second or third, but like the first one was enough of a phenomenon that I think we could consider it like an actually good movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good spot. And the mere fact that three of them get made kind of proves <laughs> because, like, I think I think that we're talking about different aims for some of these movies. Like the aim of a kids movie on Disney Channel is to get made. Like that's the success. <laughs> get three made is great success. Right. I agreed. I'll have a few more, but we'll wait until after you've done your your top three. I think. Yeah. Okay. So we'll start the top three here. At number three is, I would argue, you guys will probably have a little bit of backlash that there is one that stands above, but I think all three still stand really high and. Maybe everyone would agree which one's the best, but then the second best is a little bit of an argument. I've got the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. And it's not that any of these movies stack up to the Godfather movies, and they're probably not as complete as Toy Story, but all three of these movies are elite, in my opinion. They have your favorite Christian Bale doing amazing Batman things. Yep. And I, th- I think everyone will agree that the second one stands out as the best. Yeah. Yep. And maybe some of the backlash that I had because I was a Batman Begins lover. It was one of my favorite movies when it came out. It's called Batman Begins, so they're clearly announcing that they're going to have a trilogy come out. But then no one knew that that movie existed when Dark Knight came out, and they're all just like, what do you mean there's a prequel? Like, what are you talking about? And I was just like a snobby high school kid being like, you shouldn't even like this movie because you didn't watch the first one. Like... And I'm not too proud to admit that, but that actually gives like me a little bit of disappointment in the trilogy was that people didn't know it was a trilogy when it came out, which is rare for all these others on the list. That's true. You're making us very happy because Kyle and I, I would say, Kyle, I'll give us enough credit 
we are rational thinking beings in most of our lives. Like, generally speaking, I think you and I are none too proud to hear arguments against our own. We know that we're wrong a lot. I don't think either of us has the emotional maturity to handle somebody who doesn't like Batman. <laughs> like, we, we don't have it. Like, I, for one, I don't have it. I don't have it in me. To put up with that. I can't. I just, I'm not capable of conceiving of a person who doesn't love these movies as much as we do. So you've made, I think, both of us very happy in your high esteem you've given for this trilogy. Yeah, I think it's hard to make, as weird as it sounds, it's hard to make an argument that one of these movies is the worst of the three, but it's easy yes. to say that Dark Knight is the best. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. The first and the third are... Both great and... In very different ways. Yeah. So, which is what's so cool. We talked about this somewhat with the Chris Nolan discussion that we had, I think, on the Christian Bale one, maybe, or or something else. But it's really cool. These are three movies that need each other in a lot of ways, but are very different from each other. I also think a cool... And I don't want to... I don't have any comment about the the quality just because my feelings on this topic are well-known. It's not going to add anything. Love them. But I think what's really cool about this trilogy is there exists in a very different and much happier parallel universe where Heath Ledger is still with us, a different trilogy. And it's mm. it's both sad and really cool to think about that different trilogy because the third movie was going to be a Joker movie as well. And it's cool to think about what that might have been, but also, like I said, in a, in a sad way, but uh, this is the world we live in. Cool cool way that we got to see that other that other version with tom hardy that's and i didn't know that that was the case that they would have done a third one with joker but interesting i think i think that was the idea i'm sure quinn can do some internet research and tell me i'm wrong but my understanding was that that was the plan like the you and i are destined to do this forever Mm -hmm. was actually going to play out in a classic joker escapes from arkham scenario Mm -hmm. yeah there's no way he's not getting out of prison in that third one yeah yeah. Also, he definitely does in The Dark Knight Rises. Like, it's obviously, I'm glad it was left off the screen, but like, he's out there. Don't oh, forget. That's a really good point. <laughs> I don't know. This movie, like, the, like, also, like, it's just become, like, kind of a phenomenon. Like, the fact that the third one was as big of a deal as it was at the time is cool. And, like, this movie is what caused, like, the Oscar, like the Academy, literally to change their rules. Like people are so mad that the Dark Knight didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Like that counts for something. Like it has this series has like serious cultural relevance too, and like totally. is now like the def- like for people our age and probably a little older, like the definitive Batman. So it is the Batman, and I think Christian Bale yeah. just totally nails it, as he always does. as do we. <laughs> he now he now doesn't get enough credit, which is remarkable. I like I said I. I can talk about this, these movies forever, and we'll probably find a way to backdoor a pod to do that. But yes, you're so right. Christian Bell is now underappreciated for how good he was in this role. And I think that really just rings even louder once you see Ben Affleck play Batman. I think that does it. Yep, that'll help. (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh, hit some tires. Although I will say it's not his fault that those movies are so shitty. It, no, he it, doesn't help the cause, but it's yeah, not, it's okay. The root is not him. It's not entirely his fault. Yeah. All right. I have. I, I suspect I know two and one. I suspect I know the order, but let's do this. Yeah, I think this will happen sometimes with these. Yeah. Uh, top tens is you, you're building towards what you know is going to be the top. It's, but it's fun. I like. Yeah, it. It's still fun. So number two, and maybe you guys will battle on which one and two. 
I think number two is maybe what I think in my head as the original trilogy or like the most iconic trilogy. It's the Star Wars trilogy. Hmm. Yeah. Four through six. Yeah. And yeah. I think everyone has their opinion on, everyone has a similar opinion in which movies are the best. Everyone loves Emperor Strikes Back. A New Hope just creates a totally unique universe that no other movie had done before. And then, uh, what's the name of six? Return of the Jedi. Too much. A little bit too much, but not bad enough to make you not love the trilogy as much as you did. Yeah. And still has, and still like really effectively closes the loop. And like, there's a lot of good in that movie. And it's just like a yes. couple of things at the end that people, myself included, don't love. You have to remember, there's like so much good stuff in that movie. But this is what we were alluding to earlier. Like in a lot of trilogies, people will talk about the second movie as being the empire of this trilogy. Yeah. And like, this is the poster child for the trajectory we're talking about. Mm -hmm. A new hope, like you said, introduces this incredible new universe to us and lays out the stakes and all of that. The second one matures our characters and propels them to where they need to be and where they make most of their change. It's a little darker. And then the third one is a big kind of wrap up of all of that and maybe goes a little bit too far. Like this is the originator of that arc. And it's cool mm -hmm. that other trilogies get talked about like within the framework of this trilogy and like a lot of trilogies get compared to this one in their structure, which I think makes it easily a top two, probably for me, number one. But uh, yeah, like this is the, like you said, not just the original trilogy of Star Wars, but like, like one of the first like major trilogies. And it's especially interesting because they thought that Star Wars, the very first one, was going to absolutely tank. That's why the credits aren't at the beginning. <laughs> it's yeah. funny to think about. Yeah, the first one, they definitely... it In similar movies that we've talked about, it's a complete movie on its own. You know, Darth Vader goes flying off into space. It could be its own movie if it needed to be, but because yep. people liked it, they were able to build... I think the bigger picture of the whole story that George Lucas was envisioning all along. I totally agree. I think that's a underrated cool thing about this is how perfect the first movie is and that it really can stand alone. This is like a, this is, I think that this is sort of a poster child for how to do a trilogy. Make a movie that can, that can be its own movie and be happy with it if that's all you get, but then make it better as you go. Yeah. And I love how. I don't, I'm not a huge, I don't love how this new trilogy is mirroring, mirroring it so closely in a lot of ways, but I do like <laughs> that they're following the, the star. Yeah. <laughs> I it's like. three times bigger. <laughs> my god. I like that at the end of the second movie, in both cases, our heroes are deep shit and are like kind of have their backs against the wall. I think that's a cool place to end a second movie. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's. It'd be interesting to see, like, if we did this podcast again in, like, two years where episodes seven through nine would, would fall. Because I think this these have potential, depending on how this third one shakes out, but... I think they're leaning more towards the top ten than the not top three, as we saw with the yeah. episodes one through three. Agreed. All right. And then, I, I think I know what number yeah, one Yeah, everyone knows number one. And it's... Uh, actually, looking through it, I guess some of these are based partially on books, but this is one that's purely based on books... Which is, I guess, kind of interesting. It's Lord of the Rings. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. It, I wouldn't think so. I know that you think that one of these is the weak link. I recently rewatched these, and it was difficult. And maybe I watched them in a marathon, as in, like, almost 
So it was maybe harder for me to distinguish them between each other. But mm. I think all three are just fantastic. I don't think there's one link, weak link in my mind. And they just nail it. I think all three movies are perfect. They're as close to perfect as like movies of that scale can be. And like literally revolutionary in the way that they did set and character and special effect design. Like nothing like that had been done before. I think if you were to point to one that's weaker, a lot of people would point to Fellowship just because mm-hmm. it's a little slower. Yeah. I love that movie. Mike and I have the kind of contrarian take that we think Two Towers is the best, but Ooh. you could make the case yeah, that I like that any of those three. Most people wouldn't argue for Fellowship. A lot of people say because that's the, true. And Return of the King won Best Picture, but I think it was kind of understood. This is like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Like mm-hmm. this is for all three of these movies as a as a you know, and as impossible it is as it is, it makes sense to watch them in sequence like that because they're one. <laughs> they are continuous. Big, it's really yeah. just one ten-hour special, right? Yeah. Which I think is unique in its own sense. Mm-hmm. I'm having the very enjoyable experience of listening to these on audiobook right now. So um, we've talked about this, Kyle, where I'm using audiobooks as a way to basically listen to two groups of books. One is classics that I would not want to look at on a page. And two is re-listening to books, fantasy books specifically that I read as a kid or like a long time ago. And so I, you and I have talked about this before that we've both basically forgotten the books and just the movies have replaced the books for us. So I'm having the very enjoyable experience of remembering what the books are like. And one thing I'm realizing as I'm listening is these movies made every, in my opinion, other than maybe the ten endings in the, in the third movie, but they made basically every right choice for where to cut, where to prune, where to shorten, where to lengthen, how to pace, how to sequence, like... There were so many versions of this movie that would be really pretty unwatchable, but somehow Peter Jackson settled on the one version of each of these films that's pretty much perfect. Like, it, it's a pretty remarkable feat to walk that tightrope because there's so much content that you can drown in it. And I know there are some choices that the purists don't like, things that they skipped, but I think on balance, they skipped the stuff they needed to skip and just killed it. They're essentially flawless. <laughs> it's like yeah. hard to say that like a four hour movie, if you watch like the extended edition is like yeah. trimmed appropriately, but they are. <laughs> yeah. But also the nostalgic factor is high for me on these. I, I remember like, dang, did those movies just come out one year after the next? Like it felt like every Christmas time those movies came out and I looked it up and lo and behold, 2001, 2002, 2003. I think that adds so to it. cool. Like, Yes. They don't leave you hanging. They had to have just been so busy during that time to get those movies racked out the way they did. But it just made it so awesome to watch those movies one Christmas after the next. That's unprecedented and I think unlikely to ever happen again. The closest thing is like Avengers happening in consecutive summers. But that's... That was not, building for That's not three, three movies. Yeah, yeah, and that's like a 10-year buildup. So... Yeah, that's a really if if you think about the real time cuz like Star Wars happened and no one was sure that it was going to happen a second one and it became kind of a phenomenon. And I think those are 2 years apart each. But yeah, 3 years apart each. That's so cool. I didn't even think about that. Like when you saw Lord of the Rings, you knew it was a trilogy, so you knew there was going to be 3 and you probably knew I'm going to see the second one next year and I'm going to see the third one after that. In real time it was you were going into it with as a mindset of a trilogy. That's cool. 
Totally. They do have the advantage with, obviously, the reputation that the books had, and everyone kind of knew the story, or vaguely, at least. Mm. If you didn't read the books, you were kind of aware of the characters. So I think they had a little bit of an advantage in that sense that everyone had already loved this story. They just wanted to see it come to life. Amen. Let's talk some honorable mentions and then get to work, Mike. Yeah, so I'll... I'll do, I, I'm just gonna go quick cause we've, we're yeah. running long. So, um, three that I think deserve honorable mention status that are a little bit older that are, that are really good. The original Mad Max movies, the man with no name trilogy. So that's good, the bad and the ugly, fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, I think is the original trilogy, but whatever. The Clint Eastwood yeah. is the man yeah, with the, no name movie. The fistful of dollar ah. trilogy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, Alien, the original oh, Alien trilogy. Totally with So those would be, so Alien, I think, might actually make the list. The other two, I think, yeah. are, like, strong honorable mentions. Two more modern ones that I think are, like, strong honorables are Spider-Man yep. and Austin Powers. Um, <laughs> I know it's silly, but it's, like, as good of a comedy trilogy as there is out there. Uh, so those are those are some honorables. And then I'll just mention the two that I want on the list. Yeah. So these are two that I think should be on the list and should be reasonably high. Born. So the Born trilogy is three very close to perfect films. I think they've kind of gotten lost in the shuffle the last couple of years. I can make a, a longer case if need be when we, if, if we agree to rank these, but the Born movies are incredible and represent three movies that actually get progressively better in a lot of ways. They're, they're just, they're incredible. So Born, I think, should be on the list. And the other one, the most unexpected trilogy of our lifetimes and maybe ever, Kyle, you and I love this trilogy and still don't know why it got made or why it's good, but the Planet of the Apes, the recent yep. Planet of the Apes. So those two, I think Born and Planet of the Apes should legitimately be on the list and be reasonably high. I was thinking Planet of the Apes while we were talking about this. Like, yeah. shockingly. Have you seen these, Cody? I actually haven't, and they're oh. they're shocking, like literally shockingly good. <laughs> no reason for them to be good. Nothing should should mean they'd be good, and they're not just good; they're incredible. I will definitely put that on my uh, holiday list and watch all three. Like there, yes. it's I, I. You could I prefer the second one over the other two, but all three are in that like realm of like you couldn't really argue one too strongly over the other. And while the third yeah. one expands on the universe. A lot. It does so in a really tasteful way, and not. It's not. It's too very much. responsible. Yeah, I, I feel. I feel really good about that one potentially being on the list. If it weren't for Spider Man three, I would say Spider Man actually deserves to be on there. Yeah. Alien, the third one is so atrocious that I can't yeah. stump for it. Even though Alien and Aliens are, I don't, maybe we should talk about it. Those are two of like the defining like horror science fiction films. And there are some. Weak links, I think, at the bottom of this list. I'm def Home Alone definitely can get shot. <laughs> I really just wanted it to be in the list and not an honorable mention. So, Kyle, do you have any others that you're thinking about? Yeah, uh, a couple others are like there are two separate X Men trilogies that should at least get mentioned. Like yep. you have X one through three, and then you have like the new, the newer versions, which are fine, uh, but I wouldn't stump for it too hard. Men in Black. The first two, mm. I, I I like all three of those movies a lot. I think that we really liked the third one. I think it falls into a tier of all three are just good, you know. And yeah. None of them is like soup as like great. And then the last one that I feel really strongly about is the Captain America trilogy. I <laughs> love that trilogy. 
That's actually not a terrible take. I think, so this is, I, I don't, we can either agree or disagree on this and that will be like kind of a gating issue, but what Cody alluded to with the Marvel thing is it's hard to call, like, it's hard to classify these as a trilogy, but if we don't classify it as a, or if we do, then I think it should be on the list. But if we don't, then it's off and we just love it. Civil War is the problem because Civil War is Avengers two and a half. It's not yeah. really Captain America three and it loosely kind of like finishes an arc for Captain America, but yeah, not really. But if you want to just go by the letter of the law, that's the third Captain America movie. I, the first one is so, is an incredible world builder. Winter Soldier is still my favorite Marvel film and Same. three for its flaws is a hell of a good time. So yeah. it is a very, very, very strong honorable mention for me. But I agree. I'm serious about Planet of the Apes. I think Bourne probably deserves a spot. And I think Alien might. Well, let's talk about Alien. Because the first. Well, we two... do have a couple at the back end that are exactly the same scenario as well, Alien. Because so Alien, I'm fine if we. Yeah. Alien and Terminator are the same thing. So we yeah, have to ask ourselves. They're exactly the same. Is Alien. Is the combo of Alien and Aliens better than T1, T2? That's, I think it just depends who you ask, right? That's a toss. That's a like big time toss up. But I think if we ask ourselves, is the combination of Alien Aliens better than Home Alone, Home Alone Two? I feel I, better about that prospect. I, I think Home Alone is getting bumped regardless. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Home Alone's gone. But let's, what are some other ones in this top ten that you guys think are vulnerable? If we're going to add in multiple. I think you ranked really well. Like, I, th- yeah. I think the top, we might want to do a little reordering, but I think you ranked, like, there's basically two tiers. There's, like, the back end are movies where the third wasn't that great, and the top mm-hmm. are ones where all hang together pretty well. So I'm kind of okay with shooting, you know, three at the back of the list. I think Home Alone goes for sure. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think we should pick one of Terminator or Alien. I don't know. It's hard. Like Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, and Back to the Future both feel like they can't really be. If, of those three, I think you were right to put Jurassic Park lowest. <laughs> yeah, I think I Jurassic think, Park is the most vulnerable of those three. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you did a really good job because the three that we're looking at to move are the bottom three. So I think we yeah. just need to decide, do we like Born over Jurassic Park and do we like Alien over Terminator? I think Born over Jurassic Park makes sense. Born is a more natural trilogy, whereas we kind of talked about Jurassic Park is kind of just the same movie three times with slightly different dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Though I would say that Born, to me, in a weird way, kind of doesn't feel like a trilogy because they, to me, the movies blend a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Things happen twice sometimes and it's a little weird. <laughs> it feels like that's another one like Lord of the Rings where it kind of feels like kind of just like a long movie. Yeah. But that's, I think, also kind of a testament to it. So, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about removing Jurassic Park and Home Alone for sure and then having a discussion about Terminator versus Alien? Because my personal... I'm obsessed with Alien. Like, I I think Alien's the pick because it's more. It's a more important movie. Terminator's... I think Terminator 1, 2 is better than Aliens, Alien, or Alien, Aliens. But I think Alien, Aliens is more important than Terminator, Terminator 2. I think Alien is better than Terminator. I think... T2 yes. is better than Aliens. Yes. T3. But I think on balance, those are more important, too. Yeah, probably. Especially because you go from, like, a strictly horror film to the second one being yeah. a James Cameron blowout. Like, so yeah. that's, okay. So let's let's just do this then. So what, do you want to start at the top yeah, and talk right, about that? Sure. So I think the top three are, I think the top three are right. I agree. 
I think I would put Toy Story above Godfather. I would too, just because of the completeness of the trilogy. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I'm, that's totally fair. I think, and then that's subject to how Toy Story Four. Yeah, comes that's out. what that's pending. Yes, we can't judge it yet based on Toy Story Four. I was a little unfair in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable. I would then probably want to put. I would. I want to live in a world where Planet of the Apes and Born are higher than series where there is an obvious weak link because there isn't in either mm. of those two. I think that's fair. I might want to go like Godfather then, but with the understanding that like, I I think back to the future and Indiana Jones are so iconic. It's going to be hard. So maybe we just mix a little bit like so that we don't feel too weird about that. Yeah. So I might then go like planet of the apes, six back to the future, seven born, eight Indiana Jones, nine. Alien 10. How does that feel to you, Cody? Let's see. I'm really liking the way that shakes out. I think... Oh, wait, Do you want me to say that again so that we can hear it so we get like a complete view of what I was thinking and decide yeah. whether we think it makes any sense? So, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Dark Knight, Toy Story, Godfather, Apes, Back to the Future, Born, Indiana Jones, Alien. I like it. I and think now I'm really fair. excited to see this Apes movie. Oh, they're if so good. You just think it's Cody. that high that I definitely yeah. need to go see it. Cody, it's it, th- this this <laughs> it second makes no one. Sense. Yeah, the second one is out of this. Isn't world. the first one a little bit older, and then the second two are more modern movies? They all do I came get that out right? around the same time. Oh, okay. so there's a Tim Burton one that you might be thinking of that's yeah. in between. So there's like the old Charlton Heston. <laughs> oh, that's like the 2001. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's like the Charlton Heston ones from the 60s, and then there's a very long break, and then they decided Mark Wahlberg was. Just the right guy to reboot this with Tim Burton. <laughs> and that was like 2000. And then nothing. And then there's a very good James Franco one. And then James Franco is just not involved anymore and it gets better. Okay. That's Rise of the Planet of the Apes, right? The I, first. I know. I literally. I think Rise remember. is the first and it's good. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the second and it's incredible. Stellar. And then yeah. War for the Planet of the Apes is, again, amazing. So. I'm really happy with that list, and I like having Back to the Future overborn, because I think that Back to the Future 1 and 2 are stand far enough apart from that series that it yeah. can afford to have a weaker third installment. I agree. Awesome. I, and I think then what we've done is come to a definitive list of movie trilogies. That's All how right. it feels to me. Do you want to recap them one more time, Cody? Sure. So at number one, Lord of the Rings. Number two, Star Wars. Four through six. Three, the Dark Knight trilogy. Four, Toy Story. Five, the Godfather. Six, Planet of the Apes. Seven, Back to the Future. Eight, the Bourne trilogy. Nine, Indiana Jones. And ten, Alien. Wonderful. Cody, that was some top-notch, absolute top-notch guest hosting. That was a fantastic topic, and you've done great. Incredible, well-put-together list. Thank you for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. This is a long overdue. We're glad we finally had you on. Totally. Uh, as a quick reminder to folks, our <laughs> theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod, and our artwork, per usual, was done by Aaron Sant. Find her at Sant Design on Instagram. And actually, Mike, I guess you have <sighs> a big announcement. We are the Instagram is coming in hot, coming in hot for us. This is the part of the episode that makes me so nervous now. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> You can find us all over the place. If you're looking for the podcast, check it out at Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, the Apple Podcast app. 
somewhere else that Kyle always reminds me of or wherever you get your podcasts. We're all over the place. If you're looking for us on the internet or any of our social platforms, you can email us at toptenkm at gmail.com. We do check it very often. You can check us out on Twitter at toptenkm. Or very soon, you can check us out on Instagram, handle TBD. Um, but one of our podcast's very dear friends is going to be helping us with that. She will also be helping us make our Twitter more than just uh, an auto feed. So there will be content coming your way. That's where to get us on the internets. Thank you for that summary, Michael. Thank <laughs> you for being here this week. I will catch you next week if you are still willing. I am still keen. Thanks, Cody. Yeah, thanks, Cody. Thanks, guys. Green Gucci suit. Now, the lyric is green Gucci suit, but I'm hearing myself in feedback, and it's making me want to say shoes because Cody got shoes. So green Gucci suit for Cody's green Gucci shoes, which probably aren't green. Probably they not. do have a little bit of green in them. There's, there's oh. like those three Gucci color. It's like Gucci loafers, but there's, I think it's green, <laughs> red, and white, like the little tiny stripes. I like this so much. So it's like the Italian flag.